Hello, and welcome back to PwC IFRS Talks, your source for all things IFRS. I'm your host, Rahaza Sheikh. The topic for today's podcast is on the key issues that investors are concerned about in 2023. Today, I have two guests joining me. That's Hilary Eastman, who is PwC's Head of Global Investor Engagement, and Eleanor Leach, a Global Investor Engagement Manager. Welcome to IFRS Talks, Hilary and Eleanor. Hi, Rahaza. It's really good to be back. Hello. So for those of you who, who may not know, our global investor engagement team regularly meets with investors and analysts to understand their views on reporting, audit, governance, sustainability and regulation that affects the information they use in investment analysis and decision making. So if we just head straight into it then, what are the top priorities for investors in 2023? That's a really good question. Um, I think I'll start out with this. There's a lot going on in the markets. There are big implications for companies in terms of the effects that this is having on their business, which might affect their growth and margin prospects. And it also is affecting supply chains. And so there are quite wide ranging effects that the current market environment has. Some of the things that we've heard from investors around that are uh, obviously uh, inflation is a big one. The prospects of having a recession or or a significant slowdown in economic activity and also in related to that, the timing, extent and duration of any slowdown, rising interest rates, energy prices and just general market volatility are all things that investors are really focused on. So you might have noticed I didn't say anything about reporting in there, but of course, all of these things can affect growth and margins and so therefore profit loss um, and balance sheet valuations, but also for a lot of companies, it's access to supply and what's in, uh, whether there's supply chain risk that's increasing. And companies that have pricing power obviously are able to pass on the higher input costs um, and companies that don't have the pricing power obviously aren't. So this can affect earnings estimates. This, some of them have already been downgraded, but investors really don't know when will earnings bottom out. This can also affect borrowing costs with the increased interest rates too. So there are a lot of uh, moving parts when it comes to how financial statements will be impacted by the current environment. A couple other points that have come up with investors recently is, you know, as you know, the IASB is consulting on income taxes and amendments to IAS 12. So there are questions around the implications that could have in the future and whether um, effective tax rates are going to change in what's in the financial statements, but also what's the real cash taxes and how that's going to change. Segment reporting, as always, uh, continues to be a focus area and a source of frustration for investors. Uh, And then a final point that I wanted to raise is uh, one of the analysts we spoke to recently to kind of get his thoughts on this mentioned what he calls dynamism in financial statement footnotes. So meaning that some note disclosures that are often not really looked at in detail can become really important in some circumstances. And so some of the examples that he gave were um, pensions notes, share-based payments because of share price movements, um, foreign exchange notes because of the exchange rate changes and debt because the interest rate changes. So something can happen in the broader market that makes investors suddenly want to look at these notes in detail uh, when in normal market conditions, they wouldn't be looking at them so much. So, so companies may be getting some new questions this earning season that they maybe haven't had before. Thanks, Hillary. That That's helpful. I think it's always 
interesting when we think about you know these macroeconomic conditions and you know the the wide-ranging impact it can have across the financial statements particularly insightful on those disclosures that may not have been looked at in detail before but you know questions might be arising this this reporting season and I mean another big area that we've talked about a lot is sustainability related reporting so what are you hearing from investors on that? There's definitely a continued interest in sustainability, and I think large part of that is because of the sustainability reporting developments, which investors are really engaged on, and it's great to see. But what's happening with the International um, Sustainability Standards Board, EFRAG in Europe and the SEC in the US is all getting investor attention, and they have views on it. There's also a continued interest in ESG investing generally. A lot of regulatory discussion around that and, and fund labeling and so on. But the political pressure on this is also rising, as we know, and there's a big anti-ESG sentiment going on. But interestingly, when you even with uh, people who are, you know, even investors who are thinking ESG is not something I really want to focus on and, and have criticisms of it, when you get to the underlying issues, so you talk about climate risk or water risk or social issues that could affect the business uh, then and we'll talk I think Eleanor's going to talk a bit about that in a minute but you, when you get to the underlying issues they really really care about that and they if it's relevant to the business they certainly want to know what the company's doing about it so so while people are saying let's not focus on ESG that's not a thing for us that when you talk about the underlying issues actually that you care um, so and Another area that they're looking at is the climate risk um, implications for financial statement assumptions. So for companies that are most affected in some industries, you know, like in the energy industry, they're really looking in detail for some understanding of how climate risk has affected the um, asset and liability values. And they are starting to ask questions and look for more transparency on this. Another point on sustainability that comes up quite often is the ESG ratings and how um, investors are, are using that. What we're finding lately, though, is that investors are using the ESG ratings, but they're also starting to develop their own ways of looking at the ESG performance of companies. So uh, that is in some ways, you know, really, really helpful because it shows that they're looking at it, considering how it impacts their own particular investment, their own view of the company. On the other hand, it probably also means companies might be getting more questions from investors in terms of what, you know, what they're specifically looking at and asking companies for the more details on this. So you might want to look out for that. Thanks, Hilary. That's a helpful overview. And I'd, I'll just pick up on uh, two points that you mentioned. So one of them was just around, you know, upcoming developments in uh, sustainability related reporting. And I'd just like to remind our listeners that we recently did a take stock of where things are up to. Uh, so we can link to that episode. I think it was episode 139 in the talking points that will accompany this podcast. And similarly, you mentioned how there's a focus on the impact of climate risk in financial reporting as of today and we also have a publication an in-depth which summarizes you know how you might look at this um, across the financial statements we can also include a link to that so moving on then the team did an investor survey which launched last December with a focus on what investors think of com company sustainability efforts and what might be seen as the ESG execution gap can you summarize some of the key messaging that came out with respect to this execution gap? 
Sure, thanks, Rauza. Uh, maybe just for a bit of context, uh, we conducted our survey in September and October 2022. We received responses from 227 investment professionals from across four, 43 territories. We conducted 13 supporting interviews, and as you mentioned, our findings were published in December last year. The survey asked investors for their views on the threats and priorities for business, how effective businesses are at dealing with these, and how well they're reporting them, as well as what they're looking for in terms of broader disclosure. So I'll go through some of the key findings which we think will be relevant to your listeners today. This year, our survey included a question on the threats that investors think businesses are likely to be exposed to over the next 12 months and the next five years. And unsurprisingly, over the next 12 months, the biggest threats were inflation and macroeconomic volatility. And I think that really echoes the sentiment that Hillary shared with us on what investors' priorities are for this year. But investors do believe that the business terrain is shifting. And although inflation and the macroeconomic environment are today's risk factors, respondents see them as abating over the next five years, with 37% of respondents saying that businesses exposed or highly exposed to climate change and 43% for cyber risks over that longer time frame. We also asked investors about their top priorities for business. And here we clearly saw innovation, profitable financial performance, data security and privacy and effective corporate governance as the top issues. Environmental and social priorities followed and included greenhouse gas emissions, biodiversity, supply chain practices, health and safety and workforce diversity. But investors reported a disconnect between these priorities and how effective businesses are taking action and reporting on these topics. And what was the disconnect then? There seemed to be an effectiveness gap. So investors think that companies are less effective at being innovative and reducing greenhouse gas emissions relative to those outcomes' respective priority levels. Since being innovative is an investor's top priority for companies, this is an area that arguably warrants more attention from management teams. When it comes to reporting, for some topics, the gap is even greater, and investor perceptions of overall business effectiveness is in part shaped by corporate reporting, which is one of the many sources of information they use to assess a company's activities and performance. Reporting on financial performance and corporate governance is really effective relative to the priority level, but information disclosed on innovation, data security and greenhouse gas emissions is far less so. Given investors' focus on these issues, companies would do well to step up their disclosures on how they're addressing these topics. Were there any other notable findings, maybe specifically on corporate disclosures? Yes, we also had investors want disclosures on the impact that the company has on society and the environment, with 60% of respondents requesting this information. Two-thirds of those are looking for companies to disclose the monetary value of that impact. And investors want companies to make these disclosures to really help them understand the full economic effect of their business decisions and to encourage them to address the environmental and social issues that they contribute to. Investors also really rely on the financial statements and note disclosures in order to understand how a company is managing its risks and opportunities. And this is supported by the dialogue directly with the company and also their narrative reporting. But important to note that that doesn't include sustainability reporting and actually the use of sustainability specific disclosures was ranked lower on the list of sources. But a strong message that we heard from the interviews that we conducted was that a clear and consistent narrative on business performance as a whole, including sustainability and the management of risks and opportunities in order to support decision making, would be helpful in improving the effectiveness of that reporting um, and arguably closing that gap. Sure. And I guess another key area that you touch on in the report 
and it's a consistent theme when we think about relations with investors is this notion of trust in reporting. Can you perhaps expand a little bit more on your thoughts on this and why this is even more important in the context of ESG? Yeah, that's a really great question because trust is obviously critical. The one of the stats that really stood out to us was the perception investors have of the extent of greenwashing or unsupported claims about sustainability um, in their reporting. So 87% said that they think that there's at least some greenwashing and nearly half think it's quite prevalent and, and kind of quite most alarming about it is only 2% think that there isn't any at all. And that might be kind of a, an obvious, more confirmatory type finding, but what it really shows is that investors you know, do need to be able to trust and rely on the information reported. And going back to what Eleanor just said about the sources of information used to assess risks and opportunities, um, the first one being financial statements, which is great news, um, second one being dialogue directly with the company. And if you think about it, those are two sources, you know, financial statements are audited, um, there's a long history of them and the general quality of financial reporting. And and then dialogue is you can look at someone in the face and you can see, do I believe what this person is telling me or not? And I hear often from fund managers in particular that that dialogue is really important because they can look in someone's eyes and see if they can feel that they can trust what they're saying or not. So, so that all kind of goes back to trust. And so I think that that's a... Um, a sign that you know, given the sustainability information on that list of sources was so low, it's a sign that the the need for more kind of assurance of some kind is is going to only increase. And we asked the question specifically on a few questions on assurance actually, and we found that they want uh, reasonable assurance more than they want other forms of assurance. So particularly, um, limited assurance was quite low on the list and and for me that's just a bit you know telling because that's the level of assurance that they're getting today so so it's a call to the assurance profession to to find a way to provide that reasonable assurance to put sustainability reporting on par with financial reporting when we ask them about what they want assurance over or kind of what gives them would give them confidence um, they said they want to know that management has done what they've reported that they've done and they also want to see that the reporting is in line with the generally recognized reporting framework. So like what we do with financial statement audit, uh, and also that it covers the reporting as a whole and not a subset of the disclosures. So investors are really concerned about companies cherry picking, not just what they report, but also what they get assured. So, so those were a few of the main things that they want assurance practitioners to be doing. They also, in terms of who provides the assurance, one of the characteristics of the assurance practitioners, you know, subject matter expertise came out on top. And, and we saw that actually in last year's survey too. Um, they also want that assurance practitioner to apply professional skepticism, be independent, subject to ethical standards, and also experience and audit processes. One of the things that also stood out though, is they want the assurance practitioner to be able to assess forward-looking information because a lot of sustainability information is forward-looking whereas financial reporting is largely backward-looking. So being able to kind of train you know, auditors and to be more comfortable with forward-looking information, as well as the point I made earlier about being able to say that the company's done what they've said they've done and how to assess that. You know, So there are a few things that I think that we need to uh, yeah, just kind of, together and make sure that our, our, our auditors are able to do that. Um, and that would apply, I think, you know, one of the things that the survey shows is that 
this is what they expect from anyone. So whether it's an audit firm or another assurance provider, they want auditors to have this kind of, uh, you know, be doing this kind of work and be subject to the same kind of rules and, and standards. Sure, that that is insightful. I think um, it's helpful to see, I guess, some of those points are, do resonate with existing uh, expectations of auditors. And then it's interesting to say that actually there was that one step beyond as well, you know, the, the difference between financial versus sustainability reporting, the need for the ability to assess more forward-looking information. That's very insightful. So I guess that takes us over to our, our final section to wrap up the podcast. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Maybe perhaps I can turn to you first, Eleanor. Thanks, Rahaza. I think I'll build on one of the points that I mentioned earlier, that we hear from investors about this need for companies to report in a clear and consistent narrative way. And what's important to them is how that narrative reporting aligns with the disclosures made in the financial statements. 70% of respondents in our survey want to see the effect of sustainability risks and opportunities on the company's financial statement assumptions. So as companies prepare their year-end reports, it would be helpful to think about this consistency and the connections between their narrative and financial reporting. And secondly, I'd mentioned that nearly two-thirds of investors are interested in companies reporting their impact on society and the environment. And this is likely to be an increasing area of focus. As companies consider how to factor impact into their decision-making processes, then businesses, standard setters, and capital market participants are all going to have a role to play. Those are great points. And just to add a few more to that, there's been a lot of discussion around the divest versus engagement and which is the right way to go, particularly in a sustainability context. And uh, so, and I think that's evolving where a lot more investors now are looking at uh, engagement um, before they move to divestment and, and kind of view divestment as a last resource. So I think there'll be probably more, you know, again, bringing back more engagement with companies on these issues. Another point that kind of we shouldn't forget about is the, the role that investment product labeling and regulation has in this. So as investors have to report more on what they're doing and what is the carbon footprint or sustainability profile of their own portfolios and products they're selling to their clients, um, they need information from companies that are components within those portfolios um, to be able to know how to make their own disclosures and make do their own assessments. So they'll, you know, some of the reason that they're calling for more information from corporates is because they need to do their own reporting themselves. And so companies should, you know, step back and understand that and the rationale for some of the questions that they're getting. And then finally, one of the things that we've heard from investors over the years is that whenever there's any new reporting standard, and largely we've been talking about accounting standard changes and some of the big ones that came through in the past um, few years, but with new sustainability standards, the same principles apply that they, they want to know from companies what this means for their business, what it is, how should they be interpreting what they're seeing. Um, and so companies have an opportunity to signpost what's going to be changing. Investors would rather hear it directly from the company than rely on external sources, although they'll use those as well. But it really is an opportunity for the company to explain what it means and how investors should be thinking about these issues and and, and perhaps even holding you know, ESG investor days or new reporting investor events to help them understand it. So, um, so I think those are some of the things that I would, I would think um, for this year, but also going forward. 
Perfect. No, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. I think it's always good to take a step back and think about you know, what key stakeholders are interested in when it comes to you know, preparing financial st statements that includes front half reporting as well as back half reporting. And it's been great to get your thoughts on what you've been hearing from investors. So I just want to say a big thank you for joining me today, Hilary and Eleanor. Thanks, Rahaza. It was great to be here today. Yeah, thanks for having us. We really hope everyone got a lot from the session. Yeah, very insightful indeed. And a very big thank you to our listeners. And until next time, happy accounting. The preceding program was brought to you by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP. This content is for general information purposes and is not a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.